0: Hello, everyone. Two weeks ago when we did this show, Tyler and John really got into it. They were upset with what the Chicago Bears were producing on the field. You remember, it was that fiasco in Cleveland. Well, now, two weeks later, the entire complexion of the team has changed. But are the guys still fired up about certain things that they're not happy about? Or is this going to be a really nice, cozy, feel-good show? We'll find out on this episode of The Bear Debate. (laughs) I'm going to go Well, we're recording this live right after the Chicago White Sox lost to the Houston Astros in the playoffs. We'll see if that affects the tenor of this show in any way. Let me welcome in our debaters. First of all, let's bring in Mr. Tyler Ellis. <laughs> well, wow, bring them in both. John Buffon and Tyler Ellis. How are you, fellas?
1: <laughs> we are amazing. There's nothing cozy about this week. We won last week, but this is Packer Week, like my man John said. So there's nothing Mm -hmm. cozy about this. It's time to get physical. It's time to get real. And it's time to buckle down.
2: It's time to get angry. It's Packers week. I don't care if the Bears are 0-5 or 5-0 or whatever. Win this game.
0: Now, before we start talking about the Packers, before we start talking about the Bears, there's headline news regarding John Gruden. And I wanted to get your guys' thoughts on that. Um... Uh, what's it, what, what's the best way to say it? it it's it's a uh, uh, a um, what is it's the best a, a,
2: a fireball offense. Fireable I mean, offense. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I met numerous of them. So uh, you, you look at this, and you looked at this was surrounding the Raiders for a long time, or it's surrounding Raiders throughout the entire week some people talking about did that affect actually the game against the bears where this was this hovering around the players in vegas did they think that the hammer was going to drop did this seep into the how this actually affected the game against the chicago bears i i don't want to take away credit from the bears i think that was a hell of a win but uh yeah uh after the first um report came out gruden kind of talked about not having anything else come out and then the the hammer dropped, and so yeah. Uh, as as the as the Raiders being a uh, franchise that always embraced diversity and uh, having, I think believe the first minority coach, having the first African American coach, having one of the first uh, uh, women in high ranking uh, uh, title with the franchise, uh, that certainly does not go along with the uh, with the Raider way. So whether or not whether or not they knew about it, I don't know. Uh, but yeah, just a very tumultuous week around the the Las Vegas Raiders, who on the field are having their own problems, and then you throw this whole other situation into it. Uh, just just a mess.
0: Didn't help. Tyler, your thoughts?
1: Uh, it's 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 weird. Although I mean, you guys know I'm very good at blocking on negativity, but um, it, it sucks because John Gruden. I I really enjoyed that Tampa Bay team. You know what I mean? And I have a lot of respect for John Gruden as a coach, as somebody who's coached a lot of african-american players i don't know the specifics of what was said and it's like i don't why waste time doing negative research so to speak but um i, I do believe it sucks i mean it's something that that was i my opinion this was like over a decade ago and mm-hmm. so it sucks that things that come from from your past people people are paid to dig up your past which mm-hmm. is like we live in that world where back in the 90s this would have happened because there was no social media and so is it like we're, we are now in the information <laughs> or area. emails. It's and so but at the same time, it also sucks because it's like you never know who people really are. Mm-hmm. And then then it's like, are people living double lives? And this mm-hmm. is what I get into. This is why we shouldn't idolize celebrities and we should idolize the character of the man. And when people show you who they are, you got to believe them. I do. I do believe it sucks. I do appreciate the fact that he reached out to, um, to Mr. Smith. From the players' association and offered an apology. I believe they are going to meet up. He did resign, so he did take the high road. It sucks. It, it just it, it just sucks because it hurts the league. It, it hurts the league more than anything else. It puts a, a bad taste in your mouth. But it, it it was would John Gruden do this tomorrow? I don't think. I don't. I, I honestly. I, would, I don't think so. This was 2011. He made a mistake. It wasn't just about that offense. I believe he said something about female referees and something about Mm. homosexual players being drafted. I mean, we live in a different time now. We live in a different time now where uh, respectfully, a lot of things are sensitive. A lot of things are sensitive. We have to be cognizant of what we're saying because you're going to offend somebody. And so, but we, we came back in the nineties, comedians can joke about anything, but now a comedian Shout out to my man, Dave Chappelle, respectfully, because you can't even say anything in a joking matter because the whole point of jokes is to bring laughter and to bring for everybody to be inclusive. And so we got to be careful with what we say nowadays, rightfully so, because you never know who you're offending. But if you're going to um, attack a certain group of people, you got to be ready to take care of the repercussions that come along with it. And so I wish John Gruden the best, respectfully. I, he did offer his apologies, but I honestly I didn't get that much deeper into it.
0: Yeah, he had uh, over a several several years period, so it was. Yeah, a, I, the, the
2: last pain. thing I'm going to say about this because I don't I don't want to talk about this really, but uh, to be honest, um, I, the last thing I'll say about it, he wasn't a teenager when he sent these. He was in his 40s, so I, I don't was I don't really buy the I was young dumb offense. That I mean that sure. that can work in certain situations, but he was in his 40s and he said things that I. Uh, or it, it's just, it, I cannot get behind. If you're gonna, if you're gonna talk about uh the LGBTQ LGBTQ community like that, if you're gonna talk about women like that, if you're gonna, uh, if you're gonna use those um tropes as they've been called against D. Smith, uh, then uh, no, then that that's uh, that's, that's pretty that's, that, that's 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 crazy, like that I saw in the chat room, that's a scumbag vernacular. And I, I whatever. like,
1: whatever, why uh, would you do that? Like, let me let's, let's, let's change the topic because it's kind of like it's kind of moronic. It's kind of moronic that somebody
0: when that starts right. Yeah. Well, uh, Dan and I and I will be talking more about this on Dan and Aldo Bear Their Souls, which starts at eight p.m. Central later tonight. Well, let's get to the bear debate. Uh, the rules are simple: I ask a question, and each of the contestants here has thirty seconds to respond. So, well, are you guys ready for round one?
1: Oh, Always. Right. My pre-workout, John. What's
0: I up? like to hear that. <laughs> Okay. Question number one. I know you guys love boxing and the Bears watched the Tyson Fury, Deontay Wilder fight the night before their game with the Raiders. Coach Nagy referenced the fight all week telling his team that the battle with the Raiders is going to be a quote fist fight in a back alley. Now, both of you, like I said, you love boxing and you know that the most boxing ex- experts will tell you that the jab is the most important punch in the game. So, which Bears player delivered the most impressive jab? By that I mean, which player had the play of the game? Tyler, I'm gonna begin with you.
1: That's interesting. I gotta pick one player. <laughs> I gotta pick one player. I've been thinking. I've been thinking about it, Aldo. I mean, I kind of, I kind of want to say. First I was gonna go with Roquan Smith, then I was gonna go with Jesper, but I got I got I gotta say Kilomet. But then I, I'm I'm gonna give DHC. I'm gonna get Carson Qs um DHC the credit for delivering a a game situational turnover interception that kind of sealed the victory. That no, we will not let you get off. We will not let you come back.
2: Yo, it's easy for me. For an offensive line that we thought might be soft at times, I turn to James Daniels. The Bears are around the, uh, the the Raiders 20-yard line. Justin Fields hands the ball off to Khalil Herbert. And James Daniels gets to the second level and picks up Denzel Perryman and throws him to the ground like he's trying to win the WWE Heavyweight Championship. Mind you, Perryman leads the league in tackles right now. And Daniels caught him in the air and absolutely stole his lunch money. That is Bears football. That appears. Ep- the essence of that football
0: game it sure did and by the way i just happened to have that play somewhere okay. here let's uh take a look at it because it became kind of famous uh because olin krutz tweeted it out and uh, said take a look at number 68 and this is a uh, up oh, that's the wrong thing uh let me uh so that's my script, actually. <laughs> Let's spoiler remove that. Alert. And, uh, yeah, spoiler alert. You just saw the next question, Tyler. You're not supposed to look at it. <laughs> um, here's the play coming up right now. Uh, and, again, by the way, the blocking on the entire line on this play was great. But what James Daniels did was super magnificent. You'll see him here at number 68. Watch him just take the defender back and just throw him down. Do you love it?
2: There it was. It is a it's a rock bottom. If anybody is a wrestling fan out there, that's basically what it was. It was a yeah, power bomb, it. a rock bottom. It was aggressive. There I definitely
1: retweeted with the with the WWF um audio. That yeah. Was, that was pretty <laughs> yeah. awesome. Pretty awesome. Yeah. James, James, James won back a lot of Bears fans with that.
0: Yes, he did. All right. Let's get over to question number two. Uh round number two. And let me get my little There it is. All right. All right. Uh, Next question. John will start us off. Justin Fields got rocked by the Raiders. In fact, in the short time he's been a pro, he's seen almost a season's worth of alarming hits and potential injuries. What is the level of concern that you have regarding the punishment Fields has taken and what would you like to see the Bears do to better shield their franchise quarterback from harm? John, it's all you.
2: You know, this is why we can't have nice things, guys. (laughs) We are the five-year-olds that get a bright, new, shiny bike, and we take it off a 20-foot ramp over a pit of nails, scrap iron, and cacti. Uh, This kid is tougher than a $2 steak, but let's not push our luck with this. Some of those design runs need to be a little less obvious, uh, but he also needs to be better at protecting himself and understanding when to get down, and I think that'll get better with experience. But in the meantime, I don't want to see any more of those things like we saw on Sunday where I thought his knee buckled in the complete opposite direction i know i was like oh god please no
1: just justin Fields that weighs about maybe 100 pounds 150 pounds lighter than ben roethlisberger i do admire his courage because he's standing in the pocket trying to deliver a throw because even on the touchdown pass to jeffrey Horsted, he took a very good shot after that but that's a man who's willing to stay in there. i have a concern but we talked about it on bear football on sunday he's going down and embracing himself with his hands I don't want an athlete to, to any secondary injuries with his shoulder and everything so i have a little bit of concern for it but hopefully he'd eat his mashed potatoes
0: <laughs> mashed potatoes huh? how does, how does mashed potatoes help
1: <laughs> no you got, you got you no. you got to stack you got to stack on some mass you got to stack on mass yeah. it's gonna get heavier <laughs> yeah do yeah. you think
0: there's anything uh, schematically that the Bears should do differently to help Justin Fields stay uh, stay safe and uh, tell him just you know stay in the pocket, don't run uh, as often, or something else that they can possibly gotta, do?
1: I think we got to be careful with the schematics because if we add more blockers, then we're only going to have two wide receivers running routes. Then everybody's going to get covered. You can only we already got a guy coming in there playing. Um, our guy playing coming in, playing i um, extra alignment at t- at the tight end position, who's very excited about that. And so it's it's gonna be getting rid of the ball soon, getting rid of the ball as soon as possible is always gonna be Tom Brady, who's probably been top five in the fastest quarterback releases over the last five years, is a staple for is getting rid of the ball quick. And so schematically, drag routes, who's I mean, knowing the hot route, that's really what it's gonna be. That is that is the um the super check down. And so Justin has to be aware of that. But also, like John said, it's going to come down to pocket presence on the blind side.
2: Yeah, I don't know if there's anything schematic. I mean, they did a 180 from his first game in there when he got sacked nine times. So mm-hmm. they obviously they took care of that a little bit. Uh, I think they're going to have to deal with some, you know, under understanding okay the play is over get down or don't take that hit to the ribs where it looked like he was going to throw up on the sidelines like uh there are times where you got to go into self-preservation mode as the quarterback because without you the team doesn't stand a chance and and if you want that the guy to be your franchise quarterback you want him to play every week in and out and you don't want him to be a a, you know a three four year quarterback that gets thrown through the ringer and all of a sudden he can't play anymore because he's falling apart so um yeah, I think schematically they did a pretty good job. Like I said, those design runs, you can kind of tell when they're gonna about to happen. So maybe disguise those a little bit better. But a lot of this comes down to a rookie you needed to understand that um gotta take care of your body in there.
0: Yep. The NFL is a little bit different than playing college football. Yep. All right, we'll, we'll, we move to round three. Okay. Um The last time David Montgomery was out of a game, the Bears had Cordero Patterson and Artavius Pierce at running back. Patterson had 12 carries for 30 yards, and Pierce rushed three times for nine yards. Sunday, the Bears rolled out Damian Williams and Khalil Herbert. They combined for 138 yards. That's a 99-yard difference. took me a while on my calculator to figure that out, but I got it. Are Williams and Herbert that much better than Patterson and Pierce, or is there another reason for the improvement? We begin with you, Tyler.
1: Awesome. I was like, who's going to get it first. <laughs> and so my first thought is, who was calling the plays back with Patterson and Pierce was back there? That's one, because we see Cordell Patterson is definitely a weapon. You start off the season with the Falcons as a number two, and he's clearly the number one running back in the Falcons. That being said, I love what we have. I love what we have. Bill Lazer calling these plays. It's just, you can't, success is a planned event. And I I love the combo that we have. These combos, these guys on Williams and Herbert, they feed off each other immensely.
2: Look, I love Cordell Patterson, and I love that he's thriving in Atlanta, but he was not a full-time running back and certainly wasn't the guy who could tote the entire load for the entire game. The Bears have put together one of the deepest running back rooms in the entire league. David Montgomery, a top five back, if you ask me. Damian Williams, a guy who could have won Super Bowl MVP two years ago. And then you get Khalil Herbert, a rookie who could be a steal with his vision and aggressive running. And oh, by the way, you might get Tariq Cohen back in a couple weeks. So this crew is head and shoulders better than last year. And they do have a play caller who's actually going to utilize them.
0: Very good. Tyler, who does Khalil Herbert remind you of?
1: My guy. I mean, he really reminds me of a little bit of a lighter Jordan Howard, to tell you the truth. Mm-hmm. In, in, in my personal opinion, um, Jordan Howard, I, I love Jordan Howard. I, I didn't I didn't like the trade. I didn't like that we got rid of him that early. I feel like we just kind of used him for what we can get re- and then got rid of him real quick. And he was what he was a six-round pick. Mm-hmm. And so I, I think I just like, I like those underdogs, so to speak. But um, Herbert definitely reminds me of him. And um, especially, especially especially when it comes to getting north. But I feel like he has a little bit more agility than Jordan Howard does. What about you, John? It kind of reminds
2: me of, uh, of Doug Martin a little bit. I uh, remember the uh, the muscle hamster, about 5'9", yeah, 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 215 yeah. pounds and just ran really aggressively and uh, had really good vision of finding the running lanes and and finding uh, and finding the hole so he kind of reminds me of that compact real quick and can just hit the hole real quickly uh, a little bit of that Doug Martin uh, effect he just kind of keeps churning forward just kind of like what David Montgomery does too
0: Khalil, uh, excuse me, Mule Skinner has the correct answer. He reminds him of Khalil Herbert.
2: (laughs) That's You know what? That's probably a safe answer. (laughs)
0: Uh, He's got deceptive burst, and that is very true. You know, he didn't Hmm. run very well in the 40, uh, but he runs faster on the football field than he does uh, in, in any of the tryouts that he was on. And the other thing that I wanted to mention regarding this topic is that the Bears have done a really excellent job over the last several years of finding running backs in those middle rounds, starting with Jordan Howard and now Khalil Herbert and Tariq Cohen and so forth, you and know, Dave Montgomery and David Montgomery, exactly, which leads to my next question here in round four. Is it time to evaluate the roster building of Ryan Pace? I, for one, have been very, very critical of Pace's roster development. But as we just discussed, the depth at running back is improved, and there are other positions where there's been significant improvement. Gentlemen, after the evidence that's been submitted to you through five games this season, is Ryan Pace guilty of still having too many holes in the Bears roster, or is he innocent of charges of roster malfeasance? John, we begin with you.
2: I think it's a little bit of both. I've been critical of Ryan Pace, but I've been far more critical of Matt Nagy. But who hired Matt Nagy? Some would say Ryan Pace. So, uh, look, (laughs) he is aggressive in pursuing the guys that he wants. He moved up to get Trubisky. He moved up to get Anthony Miller. Went straight to Nick Foles when the offseason opened up. But... Also, we moved up to get David Montgomery, moved up to get Travis Gibson, moved up to get Justin Fields. Although that one was pretty obvious, but if he was if he was just in charge of rounds three through five, I fight I might feel a little bit better. But uh, he did bring this team out of the Tresman Phil Emery area, so a little bit of credit there.
1: I mean, I, I gotta say, um, it's cool to see what we, we what we have when the players are used properly. We're more critical of Ryan Pace when we're getting blown out by when we're getting blown out and we look like our players can't even do anything. So it's hard to get a good evaluation of talent until we see our players used correctly. We talked about it plenty times on the show before. We got good. We have good players. We have good players. So it's finally good to see what we actually have. I got to give credit to Ryan Pace as well.
0: Um, Mule Skinner says, "Ugh, for Pace, he has missed far too many high draft picks." Do you think that's the 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 headline when it comes to Ryan Pace? Is those first round misses like Kevin White and Mitchell Trubisky?
2: That's I mean, he, that's fair. It's fair.
1: We, we we have a franchise quarterback now, yo. I don't care about that oh, anymore. Yeah, but still, I, I, I mean, ahead, how,
2: how hard was how hard is it to say Justin Fields is still available? I might get fired, so I'm going to go ahead and just uh, uh, trade next year's first rounder because right. who cares if I'm fired anyway? I'm going to go right. all in on this. I'm going to go all in on this kid who fell to the 11th. So let's uh, John, not give him too right. much right. credit.
1: Not too but much Johnny, credit for right. taking
2: the obvious choice,
1: but how many times have we not taken the obvious choice and tried well, to? Well, yeah, that's, never, that's, that's even more the case. Then he can't so make the right just, ones. So let's just give credit for him finally doing. what No, I no,
2: I give him credit, and I think that he's good as far as the mid rounds, like Aldo said. But we can't just completely forget the fact that he did draft Kevin White. He didn't. Uh, he drafted Leonard Floyd. Now, whether they couldn't use him correctly or not, that's up to uh, that. That's. That's up to the debate. But uh Leonard Floyd didn't get his contract extender, he didn't get the fifth-year option, goes and gets Adam Shaheen. Uh, and, and there's some other there's a lot of those other
1: roster. Those measurables there. Were, were impressive, John. I mean to cut you off, buddy. But those measurables were impressive. Kevin White was like damn near six three, six four running a damn sub four two. Adam Shaheen was damn near six 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 seven running a sub four three. Those those coming those, out of a community numbers. college. But bro, but he was burning DBs. He was burning guys. Yeah, who 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 basically played football as a hobby. But, but, but all I'm saying is Ryan Pace isn't coaching the tight ends. You see what I'm saying? As soon as oh, yeah. Adam Shaheen left, as soon as Adam Shaheen left, he scored. Some, he scored a touchdown in Miami. As soon as Trey Burton left, he was scoring touchdowns in um in um in, in, in the Colts. That's all yeah. I'm saying. As soon as sure. Ryan, Floyd Floyd left, Floyd left back to back sacks. So whose fault is
2: it? whose fault is it if you want to blame the coaching staff that's fine who's hiring the coaching staff
1: all right yeah but that wasn't the question the question was the draft yeah
2: (laughs) I know I, I get it like if you want to give him credit for some of the roster picks absolutely but he's also from what I understand because you know Ted Phillips has no impact on football operations if you ask the if you ask the ownership uh so Ryan Pace apparently is the one putting together him and Matt Nagy putting together the coaching staff if they can't and we've seen time and time again, they're not very good at developing players. So uh, that's, I mean, that's going to be a red flag as well. But overall, I'm not, I'm going to give him credit for him hitting on a lot of good players, finding some of those hidden talent, like moving up to get Travis Gibson. And all of a sudden that looks really good. Right. Moving up to get right. David Montgomery when they were already depleted at, with uh draft picks, he sees the guy he liked and he goes after. I'll give him credit for that. He sees the guy that he likes and he says, I'm going to go get him. And he goes and gets him. So I'll give him at least credit for not laying back and just hoping things come to him.
0: Anybody agree with Don Burr who says Brad Holmes and the Lions and Dan Campbell are the best GM and coach combination in the NFC North?
1: <laughs> bro, what are you talking about? I I appreciate <laughs> the. <laughs> I love. appreciate, What are you talking about? <laughs> we appreciate you coming in, but we we appreciate you watching. No, bro. no, I, I awesome. mean,
2: I I appreciate the loyalty. Um,
1: <laughs> it's, it's it's very impressive. You know,
2: I, you know, Dan Campbell's grown on me a little bit. I, I gained I like a lot him. of respect for oh, him. Well, I gained really. a lot of respect for him when he got emotional after that last loss. He gained yes. a lot of respect for me, and the, a guy who turned who a guy who was going to be seen as a joke going into the season is all of a sudden starting to be like, you know what? I'd like to play for Dan Campbell. Dan Campbell seems like a, you know, like a, a fire guy. Now, whether that translates into game plan and whatever is a, is a different uh, thing altogether, but I wouldn't if Dan can't. I wouldn't mind having Dan Campbell on my staff, uh, head coach. I don't know, but on my staff. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. He still has to prove himself as a head coach, but as a crier, he's first rate, man. <laughs> the
2: gentleman, really emotion. Really I like it.
0: I love it too. I, I, I'm just kidding him. When when I saw him cry, I I gave him kudos for that. I love the emotion. He cares, and the players will see that. They're gonna they're, they'll play for him any day of the week. All right, Mark, moved to the, to, uh, we
1: moved. I'm sorry, go ahead, real quick, sir. Just um, my synopsis on Ryan Pace for the Bears Nation. Everybody in the chat, I just want to say thank you guys for joining us. This is super dope to be able to do this again to come and talk to you guys. Ryan Pace, the Bears have, in my opinion, the best front seven in the entire NFL, if not top three for sure. We referenced 2018 because the defense led them to that. Ryan Pace got us, like John said, out of the Phil Emery era. Okay, David Montgomery goes down. Bears have over damn near 200 yards of rushing. That's Ryan Pace. Josh McDaniels had like just impressed John. Ryan Pace. <laughs> so like all yeah. of these, we got to be able to take the bad with the good. Okay, Eddie yeah. Jackson was a first round talent, but it was a first round talent. If, if if Eddie Jackson wasn't get didn't get injured, he'd have been gone in the first round. He'd have been gone in the first round. He would there would never been a 2018 with all those touchdown interceptions. So we got to be able to take the bad with the good. I understand the glamour and the glory, but sometimes John is right. When John said the three to five, that's when you go to – that's that's when you get the depth of your roster. Because what happens when you have like the Ravens who drafted a number one receiver who's been out an IR all season long? And so and sometimes it's those middle-of-the-pack picks that carry you through like a Herbert. If Herbert was noticed in the first round, he wouldn't be here. So I credit Ryan Pace, who did a phenomenal job with this late, and his scouting background still allows us to have some quality depth behind our starters. Allen Robinson isn't getting the Allen Robinson volume that he's normally getting, but the Bears are still – we're still moving the ball a little bit. Ryan Pace, that's all I'm saying. Well,
2: yeah, um, um, I'll be. I'm be. I'm just more critical of the staff hires than I am the per the uh, the roster hires because they, they need to. They need. They've obviously had some deficiencies in developing players, and at the so either they're all busts or they. Oh, but like you said, Gaines Leonard Floyd doing well in, in L.A. Adam Shaheen started catching touchdowns in Miami. Uh, so there was. There was obviously some disconnect there.
0: but Guys, come on. Adam Shaheen caught touchdowns here in Chicago, too. He just wasn't on the field because he was always hurt. And go, go to Pro Football Reference and find out how many touchdowns he's had with the Miami Dolphins. <laughs> it's like two. So let's not right. exaggerate because he had one good game. We and and Nick Quitkowski with the Raiders the same thing. He had one good game and everybody's bemoaning Oh, we shouldn't have let him go. We shouldn't have let him go. Don't be swayed by one highlight you see on ESPN. It doesn't sure, mean that right. the guy is is playing balls out. So
2: you you don't you don't want him that you wouldn't want Kwiatkowski on the team then?
0: No, I I, I was fine with letting him go. I, I pre- but, at the but, time and I and preferred and the for, for Danny sports. Trevathan. Yeah. Well, what what did how many games did uh, Nick Kwiatkowski play last season? Four. I'm not ta- I,
2: I know, but if, if you were talking about, would you rather have Nick Kwiatkowski not with the Raiders because that defense has always struggled? Uh, would you rather have Nick Kwiatkowski with the Chicago Bears system, or would you rather have Danny Trevathan, who also isn't playing this year?
0: I saw Nick Kwiatkowski play about seven or eight good games with the Bears, and I saw him play more poor games. He was always beaten on crossing patterns. He was. Oh, and Danny really good
2: and bad. Danny he's, Trevathan's he's really good much at better.
0: Look at the stats, look at the stats. He plays a very good zone defense, Danny Trevathan does, unlike Nick Kwiatkowski. When he's we- on the field, well is Nick Kwiatkowski on the field look look at the stats and see how many games <laughs> Nick Kwiatkowski has been hurt for he he, he would it was fine to let him go you know and you were also investing in hoping that Joel E.A. and Josh Woods would be able to play the inside linebacker that's the problem is that those guys have never developed into the air appearance uh you, you got to let some people go. You got to make some decisions. Those two guys that you guys brought up, Shaheen and Kwiatkowski, bye. I don't care bye. that
2: they're gone. I don't care that they're gone. But what I'm saying is everything that, that, everything that seems to be with this Bears organization is you got to put a Band-Aid on it. You got to put a bandaid on everything. Uh, Kevin White didn't work out. You got to go get Allen Robinson. Leonard Floyd didn't work out. You got to go sign Robert Quinn to a massive contract. The guys you drafted before, you got to you got to extend Danny Trevathan for all these void years. They're going to be paying him four years after he retires. You, uh, you, uh, you, Mr. didn't work out. You got to go get Nick Foles, and Foles didn't work out. So you got to get Andy Dalton. That didn't work out. You got to spend a draft pick and get Justin Fields. Everything has consistently been a bandaid. So that that, that that's where the frustration's coming out of.
1: And and that's a great point. But that's but that's also the NFL. The Cardinals are the Cardinals because look who they have got on that team now. I mean, at the end of the day, there's a, there's some teams that build during the draft. Some teams build during free agency. We're not we have we're not super heavy. We don't players. do either.
0: The, the, hey, the, hey. Unfortunately, the Bears have had too many misses with important draft picks. All those right. misses that uh, uh, John just pointed out were all high draft picks. Shaheen, a second rounder. Trubisky. So you had to go first, get Jimmy a, Graham. A White. A
2: it, Shaheen didn't work out. So you get Jimmy Graham. Then you have to draft Cole Komet with your highest pick of 2020. It's cyclical. Yeah, it's so just that's trying that's to make up for a bunch of bad I things. I believe
1: it's a player development that you were speaking of. Yeah.
0: All right. We moved to round five. All right, gentlemen. If you remember, our final question to this round last week was similar to this one. I asked John to make the case for the defense to get the barroom award for best play calling and Tyler to make the case for the offense. This week though, the roles are reversed. Tyler, you make the case for the defense to get the barroom award for best play calling. And then John, you get the follow-up with the case for the offense. So take it away, Tyler Ellis.
1: Flat out, the defense refused to lose, even though they were missing Akeem Hicks, who was gladly missed, So he missed, they came out, even though they had they missed a couple um coverages, they refused to let this Raider team, even at home, any type of a be more aggressive. They met them at the line of scrimmage, they met them at the ball of attack, they were attacking the ball. Khalil Mack, Robert Quinn, they were they were behind the line of scrimmage. This our our secondary, they were hitting these wide receivers. Our offensive line was hitting everybody. I'm making a Well, catch- look,
2: now, it needs to be the offense. The play caller knows he has a rookie quarterback, so what do they do? They hand the ball off 34 times and impose their will on the Las Vegas Raiders. The offense stole the soul of the Raiders defense. How many times have we been able to say that throughout the years? Bringing Alex bars in for more protection? rushing for 140 yards, scoring touchdowns, rather than just aiming to get into field goal range and settle for three, sign me up because the Bears' offense was actually fun to watch.
1: But I object, Your Honor. (laughs) (laughs) Because the Bears went three and out a couple times to start the game off. And once again, the defense held David Carr in check like they always do every week and allowed the offense to get their crap together to score a couple points. This freaking defense is always going to be there. It's just that they bend and break in the third and fourth quarter the offense doesn't score. Thankfully, the offense finally scored, and that allowed our defense to finally get some rest.
2: I was brought in to defend one side, and that's what I'll do.
1: <laughs> so are you complaining
0: about the side that you were assigned this week?
2: Nope. I stick to my argument. I, uh, I rest my case. The defense rests.
0: (laughs) All right. We're going to take a quick break, and then we'll be back with five more questions in the second half of our show. Don't go away. Fantasy football players, who do you start? Who do you sit? Find out every Sunday morning at 1015 on the Fantasy Football Goal Show on the Barroom Network. I ran a poll to see who won the first half of the debate, and you won't believe what the results are. 50% for John and 50% for Tyler. It's a tie. (laughs) Couldn't have planned it any better. Draw. But we will be asking that question again in the second half towards the end of the show. So get your votes in for the next uh, poll. All right. Let's start with uh, round number six, the beginning of the first half. We begin this round by asking this question. Roquan Smith was asked about this hit. This one here that I actually put down twice, one in slow motion. He was asked about this hit and the penalty that he got, and he said that the penalty was BS. I asked each of you, was it BS? But more importantly, have player safety rules gone too far and have started to damage the game? John, I will begin with you.
2: Look, I'm all for making the game as safe as possible and making rules to protect the players. However... This is a violent contact sport based on being more physical and more violent than your opponent. And some rules that are aimed at making the game safer are never going to work. It doesn't matter if the penalty is 15 yards or 15 miles. Roquan Smith is going to try to detach the ball from the receiver in the end zone. In the heat of competition, a receiver or quarterback move just a half inch and then all of a sudden the defender is lined up to make contact with the helmet. You cannot change your trajectory a quarter of a second while going full speed.
1: And the case of point is Roquan Smith is not a dirty player at all. Roquan Smith, in each and every one of those um, hits, he leads with his shoulder. You can't ask a linebacker to do more than that. They actually grew up launching their heads and their whole bodies at players. Roquan Smith is making a conscious effort to light people up with his shoulder. And especially if it's a touchdown, I'll take the penalty all day long because he's do- he's meeting the shoulder to wherever that ball is at. And I love that. Great job.
0: Do you guys agree with Beth who says it's powder puff football now?
2: Look, it's it's very much. Yeah. It's, it's a cover your ass league. Now after, after I think after that, whatever billion dollar settlement or whatever it was uh, for the concussion, they are trying to cover all bases. So they say they did not create a dangerous work environment. Now they probably did whenever doctors were sending them back in telling players, I got their bell rung when they should have been on the, on this, on the sideline. But, uh, yeah, I think that this is very much a, this is pointed as far as there's there's a reason for all this. And one is they want to see more points. They want to see the excitement on offense. Two, they don't want to set themselves up for anything down the line where it says, look, why were you allowing all these hits that, to the head or what have you? Uh, so, but like I said, these rules are like a, they're they're not they're not keeping players from doing what they're doing because they can't they can't stop. Roquan Smith if he's going in at somebody with his shoulder and the receiver ducks down with the ball and the shoulder hits the head, Roquan Smith wasn't targeting the head. It just happens that the receiver ducked down and he's going to get penalized. That's not going to make the game safer. All you're doing is throwing a penalty then because it's not because the intent I think has to play a big part of this. Yeah, when they took away targeting to the head that did kind of make the game safer because it made players go after different parts of the body. That does right. make it safer. But but if it's if you're leaning with your shoulder and you're trying to light the guy up in the ribs and he just goes down in the fetal position, all of a sudden you take his head off, you weren't trying to do that. That's not going to make the game any safer. So uh, it's frustrating as a fan to watch because you can see intent because we have slow motion and we have the, the luxury of watching things on TV where you can see... There was absolutely no intent to hit the head there, and it's almost sometimes the receiver's fault for it happening. Uh, so, yeah, some of the rules are just never actually going to work, but they're in place for a reason. Let's not get that twisted.
1: But to what John said, for, I wish we—it is recorded. I'm glad it's recorded. We should submit this to the NFL because what from what John just said is why these should be challengeable, because you can see if there is an intent there, because there was no intent, so it should be a challengeable. And at the end of the day, it's a it's a linebacker doing his job. It, it, you, are you supposed to let the people catch? I mean, the, the NFL, they want points and yards. But the defense, anything that's a highlight or a hit stick, they're throwing the flag on. That's what it is. If the crowd goes, ooh, flag, they got to be a flag, flag, flag. And so I was like, damn, you took all the highlights away? Like, damn, I forgot about Mad 2000 when Ray Lewis was in there? It was all about the hit stick. But now it's like, dang, man, you want all these – Silly deeper receivers catching everything.
2: <laughs> guys, they they're cleaning. Th- they're remember that that uh that whole segment on ESPN jacked up. They were right before Monday Night Football where they played the biggest hits of the week. They don't do that anymore. No, because they're I think they're getting their marching orders from the NFL saying, guys. Does that look good stop it like I'll, the word the I'll market people it. are getting hurt don't do that's soft, it man. that's
1: soft man that's that, that's freaking soft man and i don't want to get like i don't want to start talking randomly or i'm gonna get suspended <laughs> but like damn this is why people like russia so damn tough man they don't this is like they, they, they tough <laughs> man, how they train man like what are you talking about like come on like like but this is exactly why seems to be complaining and crying all the time
2: well, it's also why I think it's what odors want, too, because they're saying if I'm going to invest $200 million in an athlete, I want them on the field.
0: Yep. It's a lot of money. Round seven, guys. All right. The Bears lead the NFL in sacks. They are averaging 3.6 per game. A year ago, they were only averaging two a game. In fact, they are currently on track to get 61 sacks this season, which is 10 more than the Vic Fangio 2018 defense. What's the number one reason we are seeing in this resurgence of the Bears' pass rush? Tyler, it's all yours.
1: I mean, the, the, the resurgence in his pass rush is, is, is will and commitment to finish. I believe these players have a fellowship that they want to have each other's back. It's next man up mentality, and these guys want to win. They, they want to win. Um, when COVID came, the game almost was taken away from them. And to, to you appreciate something more when it's taken away. So I feel like every single player that's on that field, they're, go, they're going all out on every single play. And these guys want to win a division.
2: Uh, Look, a lot of this is Sean Desai, absolutely, let's not get that twisted, but what were we saying with Vic Fangio and Chuck Pagano? If Khalil Mack just had someone opposite of him on the line to take the pressure off, the Bears' pass rush would be lethal, well... Robert Quinn's having a major bounce-back season, and Khalil Mack is proving all of those doubters wrong as well. Scheme, absolutely, but having two monsters on the edge, that will make any offensive coordinator really uneasy. I I think I'm also so blown away from the resurgence of Robert Quinn that I can't stop talking about it, but I think that having that other monster on the other side of the line is a big part of this.
0: Yeah, the resurgence of Robert Quinn has certainly helped the uh, scheming by Sean Desai, and I think that the uh, uh, the presence of Mike Patton—I mean, that was kind of his specialty when he was a uh, defensive coordinator before. So perhaps yes. it's those three things and, and some other reasons too. Let's
1: talk about Packer Week, baby. Let's talk right. about the
0: What's 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 the the over under on on the Bears <laughs> getting sacks on Aaron Rodgers is three. What do you say, Tyler? You betting on the over?
1: Oh, that's- oh man, I you know what? I think I think I think, we, I think we're going to get four sacks. I'll bet somebody hundred bucks that we'll get four sacks this week. Aaron um, Rodgers, and, and Rodgers is, is still a bad man. I ain't gonna put nothing against him, but hopefully Sean Desai is smart and we double Aaron. Um, we we double we, we, we double Adams wherever he goes, mm-hmm. and um hopefully,
0: and we froze on Tyler.
2: Froze out. Uh, it was it's uh, going back to the over under on the sacks. It's. I, but I didn't know what the over under was, and I was literally going to say three. So now, <laughs> I was gonna say, now I got to pick a side, or I can pick a push, I guess. But uh, I, I can see them getting—I uh, can see them getting four sacks. I can see them going in and, and getting Aaron Rodgers down four times because, uh, quite frankly, they—they they haven't shown that they're—they're they're an elite offense or an elite team yet. So the Bears showing that they're an elite pass rush in this league, uh, there's there's no reason to believe they can't get four sacks.
0: Jeremiah Atoshu has been put on IR. He's going to be out for the rest of the season. He was just a backup uh, uh, pass rusher, but uh, his presence was felt at times, and he gave those guys a breather. You think that Jeremiah's uh, uh, absence from the roster the rest of the season is going to hurt the pass rush guys?
2: Uh, well, does that mean more playing time for Travis Gibson then, or how does, yeah, so I don't think so. I think that Travis Gibson needs more reps, and I think that they're going to see a lot more of him, and they're going to see what he's capable of, because with his limited time in there, he's proven that he can take on some of the best in the NFL, and uh, I, I'm I'm excited to see that. Now, I'm not excited for any injuries, of course, but I am excited to right. see what he can do with, a, with an increased workload.
0: Very good. All right, we move on. This is round eight. Club Dub was a Matt Nagy creation in 2018. After their division-winning season, it was often criticized by Bears fans, and even the late coach of the Raiders, John Gruden, made fun of it after his team beat the Bears in London two seasons ago. Sunday, after the Bears win, the music from Club Dub was louder and longer than it's ever been. For a team that hasn't won anything of significance since winning that division in 2018, is this a good thing? John, begin with you.
2: Look, I know I sometimes take the curmudgeon approach to things, but it's hard to win in the NFL. You prep all week, you're sore all week, you're mentally and physically exhausted, and you push yourself past limits to beat the other team. If you have a good day at work, or you finish a big project, or you ace a test, most people don't say, well, you only passed the bar, but have you won any big cases recently? So, no, let them be human. As long as this doesn't transform into anything that distracts the team, which really they've done a good job of keeping the lid on it, then
1: let it go. Enjoy it. Big facts. Big facts. That's it. Whatever. We're on the road. We were underdogs. And we we we, we, we had a game plan. And we executed. Celebrate all you want. And you want to feel like this again? Let's go beat the Packers. and That's going to be even a louder celebration. That's it
0: oh you left a lot of time there on the table <laughs> <laughs> are you tired <laughs> you can't go 10 oh, rounds
1: I think he
2: just wants to talk about the Packers I think he's just going <laughs> to keep, keep kicking it out until we talk about the Packers
0: I think that is true <laughs> alright well let's get to the Packer talk because that is actually no we're not there yet <laughs> round 9 <laughs> let me get my little effect here just for uh, for fun <laughs> Round nine is my question is about Cairo Santos. He has made 34 consecutive field goals going back to week three of last season. It's the longest streak in franchise history. Did you hear me? The longest streak in franchise history. The record is held by Adam Vinatieri when he was with the Indianapolis Colts during the 2015 and 16 seasons. More importantly than that, on Sunday, Santos hit two. Two late clutch game, 46 yarders. Both of them were 46 yarders. Gentlemen, I want you just to use your 30 seconds to praise Cairo Santos. And Tyler, I demand you use all 30 of your seconds.
1: (laughs) Go. Absolutely. I mean, once upon a time, it was a heart attack every time somebody went to go kick a field goal. And so, like Santos, I appreciate him just bringing able to bring peace of mind to the players. That special teams aspect of You you win football games in all three phases of the game. And it's super dope to have a special teams captain come in and perform. Santos, who came in, um, even from Kansas City, came in, was hurt. We kind of let him go, brought him back. And he's been super, super clutch. I hope the Bears don't put him in 55 yards or more to mess up his record.
2: Well, I remember when the Bears were a kicker away from a Super Bowl. Remember those times? Well, yeah. Uh, but yeah, but K- Cairo Santos has apparently broken the Robbie Gold curse, and I don't know what infinity stone uh, he found, or if he beat the devil in a fiddle contest, but this guy is for real, and it's amazing to not have to worry about field goals right now. And remember, he was part of the dark ages uh, during Bears kickers where he had a layover in Chicago during that whole Connor Barth, Mike Nugent, Roberto Aguayo, Cody Cody Parkey miss, so uh, he did... Was, here first and then came back and different kicker once he was healthy.
0: The incredible thing is that the Bears actually had two good kickers. They lost the second one who was on the practice squad. The New Orleans Saints picked up, mm-hmm. I believe his name is Brian Johnson, who had an excellent preseason, and reports were that he was even doing better during uh, uh, work his work at Hallis Hall. So the Bears have lost a good insurance policy for Santos, but it doesn't look like Santos is going to miss anytime soon. Now, did I just jinx some? I'm sorry yeah. if I did. Well, <laughs>
2: poor poor eddie pinero got wally pipped oh I mean, my
0: goodness <laughs> we, we
2: mean- thought we thought uh we thought eddie was gonna be the guy and then he got hurt and they're like "Oh, i guess we gotta keep cairo santos around he's that he didn't get cut at the beginning of the year and now it's just like oh i guess we got i got consistency now
0: <laughs> yeah, i'm sorry caesar <laughs> I, I mentioned cairo santos streak. don't talk about it anymore <laughs> all yeah, right yeah <laughs> let's move on to round 10 all right, this is the question that Tyler has been waiting for and we will be discussing for another 20 minutes, I'm sure. This and all related Packers uh, subjects. The Packers have opened as a four-point favorite over the Bears for the next week's game. Guys, take off the Homer hat. I, I want you to behave like you know some professional gambler and tell me why the Bears will cover as four-point underdogs and why. John, you're first.
2: I rarely wear a Homer hat, but uh, yes, I, th- I believe they do cover because Green Bay isn't as fierce as some thought they would be, but they still have Aaron Rodgers and it still bears Packers and Chicago hasn't had a lot of success over these past three decades when it comes to the Green Bay Packers. But if they do what they do last week, they get after the quarterback on defense, control the ball on offense, establish a run game, and then maybe hit some big shots down the field coming off of play action there are going to be opportunities to put points on the Green Bay defense.
1: I mean, at the end of the day, the the whole point that I'm going to make is I feel like these bears are ready for the next level. After what they showed us last week, the reason why they're going to cover is because from the special team that we just talked about, the defense is, I think the defense is like thirsty to score. That's what I truly, truly believe. And I believe they're, they're going to try to put a cap on Aaron Rodgers. I think they're going to try to hit him. And so that being said, The Bears offense takes a major leap forward with the injuries to the Packers defense, and they stay with them and win.
0: One of the interesting things that I'm going to be looking at in this Packer-Bears game is Sean Desai's... uh, uh scheming and play calling. We know that Aaron Rodgers uh, is probably the s- second smartest after Tom Brady quarterback in pro football. This guy has seen it all. He's a really smart guy. He can decipher what the heck is going on the other side of the line of scrimmage. He's got a good rapport with most of his wide receivers. So it's going to be interesting to see how Desai tries to hide coverages, come up with exotic blitzes to try to fool Aaron Rodgers, if that's even possible. So John, I ask you, is it possible to fool Aaron Rodgers?
2: Oh sure. I mean, the, no one's infallible and I and I think that uh Aaron Rodgers has had I mean, look at week 1. They they were out completely out of sorts against the New Orleans Saints. So, uh I'm sure Desai is already cooking up something to try to throw uh Rodgers through a loop and see if they can throw some different coverages at him, see if they can throw some exotic blitz packages at him. So, um I think that uh it is possible. Now let's not let's not forget that it is Aaron Rodgers back there, and so he he has been a bear killer for the majority of his career. But this is a new defensive coordinator. We got Robert Quinn and Khalil Mack both firing on all cylinders. So uh, and uh, and much like that uh, comment just as play action, I think if the Bears are able to establish that run game like they did last week, and they were they were running the ball 34 times, and they start getting guys inching into the box a little bit. You can send Darnell Mooney down the down the down the streaks and see what you can get. They need honestly, they need some explosive plays in this game. I don't know if they're going to be able to nickel and dime their way to a victory. Uh, but I think that if they can connect on some big explosive plays, they're gonna be right in this at the end.
1: What do you think, Tyler? Multiple explosive plays. Aaron Rodgers, I I want to be up by 21 points with 30 seconds left. That's that's what it takes to beat Aaron Rodgers. The Bengals were supposed to win this game. I mean, there was four or five missed field goals to end that Packers and Bengals game. The Bengals should have walked away with an easy victory um, in that game. The Packers are – I I can't – I don't like them because they're good. It's a rivalry Mm -hmm. with a team you respect, and I respect Mm -hmm. the Packers. I can't stand them. Those colors together make me upset. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they're it's the
2: worst color scheme ever.
1: It is. It's so (laughs) ugly. (laughs) But it's like, but it's but I, this because I, but I respect them and don't forget about the the addition of Jalen Smith. I believe he's a force, number nine. Watch out, watch out for that guy. Mm-hmm. And so on, on on the defense side of the ball. And so um, I, I, this, this 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 team, we 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 gotta we gotta score some points. Mm-hmm. Period. Mm-hmm
0: well uh, interesting question I forgot who I think it was Caesar uh, asked how many times has Aaron Rodgers been sacked this season so I quickly pulled up the sack uh the, the stats one time in game one three times against Don Burrs Lions one time against the 49ers three times against the Steelers and two versus Cincinnati He rarely is sacked that much in the last few seasons. I mean, early in his career, he actually had like 30, 40 sacks in one season because he and and he was criticized by Packers fans as holding on to the ball too long. Well, lately, he's been not only holding on to the ball too long, but the offensive line because of uh, the injury to David Bakhtiari at the left tackle position and also some changes uh, uh, at the center position the let go of Corey Lindsley, one of the reasons Rodgers was so angry during the offseason, the center. And so this offensive line is not protecting Rodgers like he has been protected in the past, and the Bears' pass rush has a chance – to really put the hurt on him. I could see both of you guys getting excited as I'm talking.
2: <laughs> yeah, because they're going to I think there's going to be opportunity. I think this is the best pass rush that the Packers will have faced this season. And so there it's it's a very good possibility that they can what would you say they gave up 3 to the Steelers and that's just I don't mean I don't even I think TJ Watt played in that game or maybe he <laughs> left early but uh but yeah. uh so they got Khalil Mack and Robert Quinn coming at them now. So I, I think that there's uh, – and honestly, they have to get home because if not, you cannot give Aaron Rodgers four seconds to scan the field. I, I I understand that Jalen Johnson's turning into a lockdown corner. Kendall Vildor is playing above expectations, and Duke Shelley has his moments. But you cannot let Aaron Rodgers scan the field uh, without any kind of pressure on him. He, do, he does improvise well, uh, but he's getting to the point now where he's in his late 30s, and he's not going to just be able to – Be as mobile as he was. Now he's still somewhat mobile, but you got to get him down. You have to get him down. You got to, you got to upset his stance or get on his platform, whatever, whatever cliche or coach speak you want to say. You got to get up in his face and disrupt it because if you give him a spare second, he will find Randall Cobb, who's still on the damn team. They'll find that guy 40 yards down the field. And the last thing I need to see is Randall Cobb running free behind the secondary. I've seen that far too many times.
0: And Toreen is right. The Green Bay Center is a rookie. I'm sorry, Tyler. Go ahead.
1: No, I was just gonna say everything John said is, is like double down. Like I want mm-hmm. the Bears to win. We feel like we we I think we're all ready for the Bears to take the next step. And if it wasn't if it wasn't for the Raiders win, it would just be hope. It would be hope before the Raiders game. And like mm-hmm. with the, the Homer hat off, but now we have tangible evidence that hey, we can play football in the NFL. Okay, <laughs> so now let's go do it against a division opponent. It's an NFC team and a division opponent. If you want to go to the playoffs, these are the game that matters, okay? The Bears lost to an AFC, to an AFC opponent in, in terms of the Browns. That hurts, but it doesn't hurt you as bad. When it comes to the playoff playoff race, it's about conference games and divisional games, and this right here is a big deal. We already talked about it. We'll be a, we'll be a half a game ahead, and so if we're ready to take that step, this is a measuring stick, Okay. I want a good fault. I want a good fault game. If it comes down to a last minute, then okay, so be it. But I want us to show up and show up. I'm sick of the Packers bullying us around. We act like we can't get it together. I feel like Khalil Mack finally has two other partners that's ready to come in and play. And it would it be really, really soon. We got Eddie Goldman back. And so this is Roquan Smith light up Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones is the force. He he mm-hmm. shades he, he, he gets stronger after contact, and he can avoid tackles. We got to gang tackle him. I think Roquan, I don't care about the flags. Light him up, Roquan. Light him up. Devontae Adams, he's damn near uncheckable, excuse my language, after four seconds. Aaron Rodgers is going to try to run around. But if we're sending all different angles of pressure, I think it's going to get very exciting with Robert Quinn playing the way he is, gentlemen. Well, go ahead, John.
2: I was going uh, to say, to your point, I, I think it is important that the Bears, I mean, I think they can win this game, but I think it's paramount that they stay competitive in this game because I think that there is a knock on the Bears that they might not be for real, and there's the narrative that they only beat Las Vegas because of the controversy swirling around that team and their other wins come against the Lions and the Bengals. And so uh, it's it, this would be a... Uh, I said last week would be a measuring stick of whether or not they're going to be a decent team. So I think they are a decent team to beat the Packers where people consider them a Super Bowl contender every year to be able to beat the Packers. Then you can start saying, all right, they can they can hold a flame to Tampa Bay. They can go in and beat San Francisco. They can they can go out and uh, they can can maybe compete with Arizona later in the season. And so uh, this is a real good test to say. You want to be the best. You got to start playing with the best, and so uh, good enough and beating the beating the bottom feeders isn't enough uh, to just squeak by. You got to actually you actually got to beat some good teams, and it starts with the team that they hate the most, or at least Bears fans hate the most. And so uh, this this will be this will be big because I think this will be an emotional game, and if they go in there at home and get absolutely their doors blown off, that's going to set the tone to go into this this, this uh, big part of the schedule. If they go in and they – and I don't wish them to lose by three, but if they lose on a Mason Crosby field goal, but they was tooth and nail, then you can build off that. I still think they can win this game, and I hope they win this game. So, uh, But the last thing that can happen is for them to lose by 18, 21 points.
1: Right. And we got just the fields, y'all. We got a quarterback. Yeah.
0: Gotta love the fact that the schedule makers gave Justin Fields his first uh, game against the Packers being at Soldier Field. I think that's Mm going to really help him a lot. And he will quickly, if he doesn't already, and I'm sure he does, but he will quickly realize how important this game is to Chicago Bears fans. Because those fans, if they're anything like they were against... Don Burrs, Detroit Lions. When I was there. Those fans were fired up and really, really helped the Bears win that game because of all those red zone mistakes that the Lions were making. So, all I want to say to all you Bears fans who are going out there, please be quiet when Justin Fields has the ball, and really make a lot of noise when Aaron Rodgers has the ball, guys. I got to tell you, the final results are for are in for who won the second half. Remember, with that, it was a tie in the first half. In the second half, a minute and a half before I closed the poll, Tyler was leading. I just closed the poll. And the results are in. John Buffone, fifty-three percent. Tyler Ellis, forty-six percent. John Buffon, you're the winner. Please lead off your final bell. Get me after the bell.
1: Get me after the bell.
2: (laughs) The wily veteran sneaks in a rabbit punch in the late clinch.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And I also
2: (laughs) also also paid off one of the judges as well. So that's either here nor there. Awesome show. Appreciate both of you being on this. Appreciate everybody in the chat room. Like I always say, if it's your first time or 50th time listening, appreciate everybody interacting, especially uh, in the poll on the debates and the questions. This is awesome. Uh, I could care less who wins this debate because we get to talk about uh, the Chicago Bears every week. And we get to talk about uh, the prospects of the Bears being good. So that's even better. So uh, this is just a really good time. Be sure to tune in to all of our programming on uh, on the Barroom Network. Buffon 55 moving to Thursday this week, a special Thursday edition of Buffon 55. The where we will break down Packer Week. Obviously, uh, Dan and Aldo will be on later tonight and obviously for the download, uh, downloadable version. And then Danny Shimon on Thursday as well, breaking down the tape, seeing what the Bears did right, seeing what the Bears did wrong. Uh, Mike North, Greg Gabriel, all across. So much Bears programming on this network. Honestly, God, if you want fresh Bears content every day, you got to tune into the Barroom Network because we're on it every single day. And of course, after the game, Bear football, raw emotions after Packer Week. Make sure you tune in right after the game
1: amen amen to everything my man my brother john said it's an absolute pleasure this is packer week bears nation if you're going to be there like aldo said please show up and show out at the end of the day shout out to everybody on the network make sure you guys are tuning in to my man joe mando and his brother adam they're getting you guys ready for fantasy it's fantasy football season and so if you are if you're losing it's because you're not listening to um fantasy goon okay so like, check that out for sure and my guys on Bar flight tailgate show much love but besides that, just I appreciate everybody in the chat. I you guys add the emotion and the, and, the, and the moxie to the show. And we, we, we do this for you guys. And it's an absolute pleasure. I don't take this lightly. It doesn't feel like work when you love what you do. I appreciate conversing with my brother, John and Aldo. It's always a pleasure. And we will catch you all here halftime um, football Sunday. There you go. And just one uh, quick
0: programming note, then I got to get ready for the Dan and Aldo show that starts in less than an hour. We have... uh... Two shows that were just loaded today. One of them is The Double A Team, a show that I'm very proud of. Stephen Nagishi came to me and said, Aldo, help me out. There's been a lack of representation in the media of Asian Americans talking about sports and entertainment. I'm interested in developing a show. He brought in Ken Fang, who works with Awful Announcing, the website that reviews television, sports media, and so forth. And the two of them debuted their their first show yesterday. It's an outstanding episode. Mike Chen, who used to work at the SCORE Sports Radio, had some very provocative words to say about his employment time over at the SCORE. So you really need to listen to some of the challenges uh, uh, Asian-Americans have faced in the in the in the sports media world. And then in addition to that, science fiction, a new show developed by Salim Sudarwala and Carl Ames. If you like Marvel, if you like science fiction movies, that's the show for you. These are two professed I'm not calling them nerds. They call themselves nerds, and they are nerds. Come on, I'm calling them nerds too. But they're great. They're, they're love and they're passionate, but they're great. They all nerds are great, and it's not a buzz. <laughs> nerds are great. Everybody's great. But uh, my my point is is that these guys love the topic so much that you will tune into that show if you have any inkling at all, uh, any like at all for science fiction and Marvel. Give them a shot. Science Fiction Episode Two just dropped. Guys, it's always a pleasure working with you, and I can't wait for next week when we're talking about the Bears beating the Packers and moving to first place in the NFC Central. Or do you say North? <laughs>
2: I don't know. I don't know depending, on how old, depending on how old you
0: are. <laughs> you know, then, then I call it the NFL. <laughs> <Yeah>. All right. <laughs> we will uh, talk to you all later. Bye-bye.